Ephesians 4 and verses 17. Uh, if you have verse 17, just say amen. The Bible says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds, or the emptiness of their minds. All of us are Gentiles. All of us who are in Christ, living in this world, we are Gentiles. But the Bible says, Paul says to the Ephesian church, don't walk like the other Gentiles who, who live like pagans and who live their lives with nothing but vainness and emptiness. He says in verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Their hearts are blind because they are ignorant. And because they are ignorant, they are alienated or separated from God. It is a terrible thing to be separated from God, not only in this world, but in the world that is to come. Verse 19, he says, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. He talks about how they be in past feelings. They are, they don't have any sensitive, they are unsensitive, insensitive to the things that are pleasing to God. And when you are desensitized on the things that pleases God, uh, you are going to be involved in lasciviousness or uh, uncleanness uh, with greediness. In other words, uh, it, it, it's going to progress. You are going to desire even more and more. Lasciviousness and uncleanliness deals not only uh, with the things that are dirty and filthy to God, but it deals with sexual immorality. And he says over here that, that they, they, they desire it even more and more, anytime you are separated from God, you are going to be close to sin. Verse 20, he says, but ye have not so learned Christ. In other words, he, he, he talks about here that since you are in Christ, he says, if so being that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, that ye may, that ye put off concerning the former conversation or the former lifestyle or the former behavior, the old man. Anybody in here have an old man? Well, you all have an old man in here. Uh, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Put off the old man. You have to put off the old man. That's the one that, that lived in us, that controlled us, before we were Christians. Verse 23, and being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, being a Christian has a lot to do with your mind. Being righteous and doing right has a lot to do with what goes on in your mind. If your mind is thrown off, then your life is going to be thrown off. And so he says here, and be renewed in the spirit in your mind, verse 24, and that ye put on the new man. Notice there, you put off the old man. 
but you put on the new man. It's like taking off dirty clothes and you wash yourself and you put on clean clothes. That's the understanding he gives here. He talks about you take off the dirt and you take off and remove the filth, but you put on the righteous. And then he says in verse 25, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Understand anger is an emotion, but sin is a choice. I said anger is an emotion, but sin is a choice. You can get angry and sin not if you so choose not to sin. And then he goes on, and watch what he says here. He says, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, if you find yourself getting angry, he says that you ought to get under control uh, before the end of the day. Don't allow yourself to become angry and do nothing about it and then sleep on it because what it does, anger can turn to hatred. Anger can turn to bitterness. And so he says, don't sleep on the thing. Correct the thing. Fix it before the day is over. There are people who have gone to bed angry and they woke up with hatred in their hearts and now they have to spend the rest of their lives in prison because they made a terrible decision because they allowed anger to get the very best of them. He says in verse 30 or 20, or rather he says in verse number 27, need to give place to the devil. It's a short verse, therefore we'll read it the second time. Need to give place to the devil. The devil would, 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 would want nothing more but to, but to see you angry and stay angry. Or to see you have hatred in your heart and keep hatred. Or whatever sin is in you, lying, gossiping, malice, whatever it might be. The devil wants you to keep it and to harbor it in your life. And he knows that whenever you keep it, that he has a foothold now in your doorway. And the devil, and the Bible says here, need to give place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity to take and consume your life. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that need it. In other words, Paul says your job is not just to, uh, self, to be self-sufficient, over yourself, but he says you ought to also work not just for self, but you ought to also work to help somebody else in need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let 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 no corrupt communication. Y'all, that's just not foul language. That's just not dirty talk. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. That's anything that's bad. And, and how many of us have been guilty of corrupt talk? Amen, somebody. Amen. Of some corrupt talk. That means that's something you shouldn't have been talking about. It was better off not being spoken of. And he says, as becoming a child of God, he said, let no corrupt communication 
proceed out of your mouth, but that which is what? Good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit. Hurt not the Holy Spirit. Bring no sorrow to the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The relationship the Holy Spirit has with us is like a parent and child. If a parent finds out that his child or her child has committed some criminal act, it hurts that parent. And the same thing when we do God wrong by living wrong, it hurts the Holy Spirit. And it cuts him and it brings sorrow to him. The Bible goes on to tell us in verse number 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, or clamor rather, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, I use this as a platform this morning. Because I wanted you to see that there's an old man living in us. I hear people oftentimes say, you know, you can't live. You got to get rid of the natural. You have to. You can't live in the natural. Well, it's, it's very difficult not to live in the natural. Because you would have to leave this entire world. Everything in this world, the majority of it is natural. Your trees are natural. Your grass, your air, your sun, the stars, the moon, that's all natural. Your words, your hair, your clothes, your flesh, that's natural. We live in the natural. You can't get rid of the natural. It's a part of who you are. Flesh, that's what we are. Another word of it is the word dust. We're all dust. Dust is flesh. You can't get rid of your dust. You can't get rid of your flesh. You can't get rid of the natural man that lives in you. There are two that lives in us. That's the spirit man. That's the natural man. Or Paul puts it, that's the old man and the new man. There will always be two living in us. Now, what we have to do is we have to learn how to dominate. The old man. We have to learn to, to, to put him to sleep. To keep him down. But y'all, it's very difficult to keep the natural man down. He will always try to come up again. You just can't seem to put him to sleep. He always rises up. He always raises his head. He always comes back. He's like Jason. On Friday the 13th, you can kill him, you can drown him, but he always comes back. He's like Freddy Krueger. He always comes back. You can burn him, but he find his way in your dreams. He always comes back. The old man is like that. Some of us will say the devil is our worst enemy, and that is the truth. But your old man runs in second place. Your old man is always trying to rise up. Well, I won't be long this morning. Anybody got a, anybody got a credit card on you? You got a credit card? I'll turn your numbers around if you got them. Let me see them if you got them. A credit card. What you got? You got one? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. 
Just pop out them cards. Now, I just need one. That's all. I just need one. All right, here it is. Here it is. I just need one. Thank you. I know who, I, you had one, you had one, you had one. If I need something, I know who to go to. There's a slogan that the American Express use. And American Express says, never leave home without it. Hello, somebody. Never leave home without it. And I understand why American Express uh, says that slogan and does that because you just never know what's going to happen outside of your doors. Never leave home without it. You might have a flat tire. You might not have no cash on you. And all you might have is the plastic money. Amen. You might be traveling on vacation. You might have a rental car and you might have a breakdown. You might need a hotel and food. Never leave home without it. You just never know when you're going to need your plastic card. They say never leave home without it because you never know what's going to meet you outside of your door. Well, I stopped by today to tell you I want to talk about that this morning. Never leave home without it. Never leave home without it. Never leave home without it. Never leave home without being studied up. Never leave home without being prayed up. Never leave home without being filled up. Somebody said, Preacher, what you talking about? You never know what's going to meet you outside of your doors. I'm not talking about American Express. I'm talking about the heavenly experience. You need to be able to experience God on the inside before you leave and go on the outside. You need to experience God. You need to do it in study. You need to do it in prayer. And you need to do it by being filled up. You need to do it by being studied up. Go with me right quickly to Psalm 1. You don't need your card right now, Sister Kemp. You don't need it. Psalm 1-1. One, one. Watch this here. Let's go there right quickly. Psalm 1-1. One, one. Give me Psalm 1-3. Psalm 1-3. Uh, and he shall be like a tree uh, planted by the rivers of water. We looked at this not long ago. That bring it forth. His fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall, shall prosper. I, I want you to understand. Give me verse 4. Let me see what verse 4 says. I'll back up to verse number 2. But his delight is in the what? In the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate what? Day and night. Now, I want you to understand. He says, my enjoyment or my delight comes from what? From the law of the Lord. The word of God, the word of truth, we need to enjoy reading the Bible. We need to delight in studying the word of God. And so David says, I, I meditate day and night. Studying the word of God is a good thing. But you need to get your study on before you walk out your doors. Because you never know what you're going to experience that day. Therefore, you need to experience the heavenly experience before you go out there and have an earthly and a worldly and a carnal experience because you don't know who's going to meet you outside them doors. So be studied up. I need to be studied up because I don't want to be shallow. 
I want to have substance. If you're shallow, when somebody comes to you with the wrong kind of spirit, if you're shallow, then you're going to take on the spirit of the person next to you. If you're shallow, when a storm comes your way, you're going to be blown away. But when you got the word of God in you, when you meditate on it day and night, when you meditate on God's word day and night, you will have substance in you. Substance is weight. Substance is weight in our lives. In other words, when the storms of life comes our way, we will have an anchor in the Lord because we have placed some substance in our life. When you have a marital storm, you could have anchor in the Lord. When you have financial storms, you could be anchored in the Lord. When you have family storms, you could be anchored in the Lord. When you got health storms, you can be anchored in the Lord. When you have a career storm, you can be anchored in the Lord. Why? Because the word of God serves as what? Substance. And you could be anchored down when the storms of life comes. Don't tell nobody they're coming. We never know when the storm is coming, but it's coming. So be studied up. So therefore, when I'm studied up, I got God on my mind. I don't know about y'all, but there's some stuff be flying through my mind throughout the day. Amen, somebody. Ain't nobody need to know what's flying in my mind. And they don't need to know what's flying in your mind. But when you got God, when you're studied up, you got the word of God in your in your mind, uh, therefore, you can think of some what? Of some godly things. If God is not on your mind, imagine the things uh, that you are going to think about throughout the day. Imagine the things you done said to yourself that you would do to somebody that you never say that you would do to somebody, but you said it in your mind. Be studied up. It behooves you to be studied up. You'll be anchored in the Lord. Number two, be prayed up. Prayer is talking to God. I'm talking to the Lord. But why is it that I always want to tell God what I want, but then we don't want to go to the Bible and listen to what God wants to tell us what he wants in our lives? I just think that's unfair. If you're going to tell God what you want, I think you need to go to the Word and allow God to tell you what he wants in your life. And so prayer allows me to talk to God, but when I study the Word of God for myself, then God is doing what? He's talking to me. You know, a cell phone. Anybody got a cell phone? Oh, you got everything. You got the whole package. Huh? You got some groceries with you in that bag? Got a plum, an apple, a, a pear, or something, a loaf of bread? Or... The cell phone. Now, I don't know now. I don't know if this thing works. It's on. I mean, I don't know if it got service, but it's on. It's on, right? This thing is on. But just because it's on, y'all don't mean it got no service. You know, y'all, listen. Either you or Brother Kim, somebody going to have to pay the bill. If you want some service, you're going to have to pay the bill. Why is it that we want the service from the Lord without being a servant of the Lord? 
We want God to serve us in every way, every day. We want God to watch over us when we sleep at night. We want God to wake us, wake us up in the morning, bring us to work safe, take us back from work safe, take care of our children. We want God to bless us with good health, with good strength. We want God to give us all of the good things in life. We want all of the services of God without being a servant of the Lord. You want to use your cell phone, you're going to have to pay the service. If you want the service of God, you're going to have to be pleasing to God. If you don't pay, you can turn this thing on. You can, you can even go to some Texas that you had, some old Texas. You can go there, but guess what? You won't have no service. You won't be able to shoot no text out. You won't be able to shoot no email out, and you won't be able to make a phone call because you are what? You are out of service. And some people are out of service with the Lord, but they're still trying to talk to God. You cannot receive the services of God without being pleasing to God. You got to be prayed up. I got to talk to God. And the good thing about talking to God is you can talk to God when you can't talk to nobody else. And you need to feel, you need to feel welcome when you talk to God. You need to feel at home when you talk to God. You need to feel comfort. When you talk to God, you need to feel consoled when you talk to God. You need to feel at home when you're talking to the Lord. But I need you to understand just as I am studied up, God is on my mind. We live in a world where we need the Lord on our minds every day. You can't afford not to leave your house and not have God on your mind because you don't know what's going to meet you out there in them streets. And if somebody meets you in those streets who don't have God on their mind and you don't have God on your mind, you're going to do something that you shouldn't have done. But if I'm prayed up, I got God on my lips. If I'm prayed up, I got God on my lips. I don't know about y'all, but I need God in my mouth. I need God on my tongue. Have you ever told somebody something and you know you shouldn't have told them? Huh? I mean, you're in the moment. You ever been in the moment? You know, you're in the moment. You done went from zero to 60 in 3.9 seconds. That's pretty quick. And you overheated. Your radiator is busting. The water is flying everywhere. And in the moment, it feels pretty good. Come on, somebody. Y'all know it feels good. You telling them off. Your head is bouncing. Huh? You tell them off, your finger is wagging, and you're telling them off. It feels good while you're telling them off. But when you come down, you don't say something. You don't say something that hurts your God. You don't say something that even hurts you. You don't say something that made you look bad. You don't say something that hurt somebody else. But if you got God on your lips, God will come off of your tongue. But you have to talk to God. When I pray to him, I'm talking to him. When I'm prayed up, I can leave my house. I can leave my house with God on my mind and with God on my tongue. Third point, not only that, but I need to be filled up. I need to be filled up. Get for me Acts 2 and verse number 38. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Watch this here in Acts 2 and verse number 38. 
The Bible says here, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Is that in your Bible? Or you don't know because you're looking at the screen. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall what? And you shall what? Receive the gift of the what? Now stop right there. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say this. You're studied up, right? You got God on your mind. David says, I meditate both day and night. Paul tells Timothy, study to show yourself approved. We meditate, we study the word of God. God is on my mind. It's imperative for you to be studied up because God needs to be on your mind before you walk outside of the door. And if we tell the truth, God needs to be on our minds when we wake up in the morning. Because sometimes stuff attack you inside your doors. Oh, you're not going to. Okay, all right. And ye shall receive. You can have two people in the house and have two different spirits in that house. You could have one person who's spiritual. You could have another one who's unspiritual. Sometimes you could have two Christians in the house and still have one who's spiritual and have another who is unspiritual. You will have two people in the house. I'm talking about grown folk. You could have one who respects God's word and another one who does not respect God's word. You got problems on your hand. Because you're not just going to have problems outside of your house. You're going to have some problems inside your house. Hello, somebody. And you can receive the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's fine. But y'all got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You receive him, you're saved. He lives, dwells in you. That's good. But you got to go do something now. You got to go be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts 4, Acts 5, it talks about how they were filled with the Holy Spirit. If I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that means that nothing else can get inside of me. If I'm already filled with something, then nothing else can get inside of me. But the reason why we have other things in our minds that come off of our lips is because we're not totally filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see the importance why you have to be studied up before you get out? Why you have to be prayed up before you get out? And why you sure enough need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit because you never know what's going to meet you inside of them doors. God will give them to us. To be filled up with the Holy Spirit means I got to deepen my relationship with him. I have to deepen my relationship. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is a person, okay? He's a person, all right? And he lives inside of you, all right? He is real. He lives in you, all right? He is a person. Somebody said, but does a person live inside of me? Huh? Not like, not a, not a human being. I said a person. See, what we do is we say, well, if the Holy Spirit is a person, why we can't see him? Because you're thinking about a human being. <laughs> but characteristics of a person is somebody who thinks, somebody who feels, somebody who wills. That's characteristics of a person. Characteristics of a human body is hair, face, arms, legs, feet, toes. 
That's characteristic of a human being, but not just a person. So the Holy Spirit is what? He's a spirit. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. He is the third person of the Godhead. That doesn't mean that he is of lesser of the other two. That doesn't mean that Jesus is more than the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that only means that that is the ranking as far as their role and their function. All of them are God. God the Father, God. God the Son, God. God the Holy Spirit, God. All of them are equal. They all are equal, but they're separated when it comes to their role and their function. That's why Jesus can be on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. Because he's acting as God the Son. And he's speaking to God the Father. But what you need to understand about the Holy Spirit, he is a person, he lives in you, he's real. And yet sometimes you can talk to him. You can say, help me, Holy Spirit. You know, I'm going up in here and them folk been messing with my money. Help me, help me, Holy. And that's real. And all I'm telling you, he lives in you and he's a person. And if he lives in you and if he's a person, why can't you talk to him? Why shouldn't you be allowed to talk to him? When you're facing trouble, you ought to say, now, Lord, now, now, look, be with me. I'm going, I'm about to go underneath this knife. Holy Spirit, just, just, just work with the doctor's hands. I wish I had somebody up in here this morning, boy. You got to be filled up got to be filled up with the spirit because if you're not filled up with him you're going to be full of this world if you're not filled up with him you're going to be full of something and I look at the Holy Spirit like an armor truck you know the armor trucks that that you see around town and that you you wonder how much money in that truck when I see him I just wonder how much money I buy. you know I, I just you know I just be hoping that you know that the doors fly open and some money just just fly open there you know that you know you know I'm just I'm thinking you know and I, I'm thinking something happened and, and and they forget a bag and 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 you know and and I'm just you know and I know I know I, I probably can't spend that money but I I tell you what I sure be glad just to just to have it in hand I'll be like folk from Bill Platt I'll trade that stuff I'll trade it food stamp for money food stamp for money Amen. So I'll be like, look, man, I got all this money. Amen. Give me, give me them other 20s over there. Huh? They don't know the difference. Huh? Like an armor truck. Get for me Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Ephesians 6, verse number 10. Watch this here. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be what? Be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse number 11 says, put on the whole what? Put on the whole armor of God. I have to be filled up with God. I don't have time not to be filled up with God. I, I have to be filled up with him. There are too many spirits that are in this world. I need to be filled up with this spirit because if I'm not filled up with this spirit, I promise you, you're going to be filled up with some other spirit. And there's only two spirits operating in the world. That's the spirit of God and that's the spirit of wickedness. You've got to decide which one is going to fill your life up. And here it is. Put on the what? whole armor of God that ye may be what? That you may be able to stand against the what? The wiles. That word wiles means the trickery. The devil will try to trick you. And I'm telling you, when you walk out of your house, the devil is waiting on you. And I got to be so much filled. And I said, we studied up. He's on my mind. 
I'm prayed up. He's on my tongue. And I'm filled up. He's in my life. And you know, I heard, I don't know how true it is. I just heard this, but Steph or somebody else might know. I heard this. Now, I know I didn't put a seed in your mind. Next time you see that armor truck, you'll be hoping them doors fly open and some money's come on out of there too. I heard, I don't know, I heard that if you try to get in them trucks, now this is what I heard, I don't know. If you try to get in them trucks, that there's somebody sitting in the back who is strapped up. Uh-huh, and they just, they just, they're ready to get down if you want to get down. So don't, don't open them doors, y'all. Let them fly open by themselves. Watch this. The Holy Spirit is like the armor truck. You cannot get to that money unless you get through that truck. If I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, the world cannot get to me unless they come through the Holy Spirit of God. But you got to be filled up with them. You, you got to fill yourself up so much with the Holy Spirit. I want you to check it out. I got God in my mind. I've been reading his word. I've been listening to what God has said to me. He's in my mind. I've been talking to God. He's on my lips. The Holy Spirit I have, I deepen my relationship with him. I'm filled up with him. He influences my life. I walk out of my door. You're walking out of your door as a child of God who's been studied, who's been prayed, who's been filled up with the Holy Spirit of God himself. And anything that confronts you outside of them doors have to pass up through your studied mind, prayed, lips, and filled up life with the Holy Spirit of God. But if you don't have those three things, I stopped by today to tell you, you might already be dead. You cannot afford to leave out without being prayed up, studied up, and filled up as we close. You know, there are, there are a number of yous that live in you. We all got some personality dysfunction. <laughs> personality disorders. Well, watch this. There's the you that God wants you to be. God wants you to be somebody. God wants you to be a special you. The devil wants you to be somebody else too. And then you portray yourself as somebody that you're not, that you want other people to know or feel that you are, but you're not. And then there's another you that you want to be, but you're not there yet. And then there's the real you. Now, that's the one I want to deal with, the real you. But the problem is when you walk out your doors and life confronts you, you don't know which you is coming out of you. That's why you have to be filled up. That's why you have to be studied up. That's why you have to be prayed up. Because you don't know, God don't tell you your specific challenges of the day. He don't give you a schedule and says, this is what's going to happen to the Viltz family Monday morning. This is what's going to happen to the Ball family Wednesday evening. You don't know. 
So God says, behooves you. Make sure you say your prayers. Make sure you study your Bible. Make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Because I'm telling you, when life happens to you, there's a you that's coming out of you. It may not be the right kind of you, but something is coming out of you. And all I'm saying to us today, never leave home without being studied up, prayed up, <laughs> and filled up. If chance tomorrow you get in your car, started up, you ready to shift down, and you ready to go. You backing out of the driveway, and you know you ain't filled up. You ain't studied up. You ain't prayed up. You better hit them bricks. Put that booger in park. You better get your reading on. I don't care if it's one script. You read your script, you talk to the Lord, and you allow the Holy Spirit to influence your life. Then you back on out of that driveway, being prayed up, being studied up. And somebody said, oh, Brother Bills, that ain't long enough. Let me tell you something. You better put some God in you when you're going to face some ungodly people on the outside. And as I close, the devil and the world don't care if you are a member of the Church of Christ. <laughs> Devil don't care if you took the Lord's Supper or not. He don't care if you prayed up. He going to make sure your prayer can challenge what he got to challenge you with. Devil going to say, well, okay, Mr. Ronald Young, you studied up, you prayed up, you filled up, I'm going to put it to the test. If the devil can challenge Jesus, don't you think he going to challenge you? He challenged you in your house. He'll challenge you in your own house. He'll challenge you outside your house. He'll challenge you on the job. He'll challenge you with your kinfolk. He'll challenge you with the next door neighbor. He will challenge your life. Never leave home. Well, if you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of sins, confessing. That Jesus, the Son of God, putting them up in water baptism for the remission of your sins. If you're a child of God, you stand in need of prayer today. I pray, God, that you ask the church to pray for you, and we do so on today. As together we stand, and together we sing the invitation song, Why Don't You Come? Why Don't You Come?